0: Welcome into to another episode of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I am A.J. Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner, and for the second straight week, he kept us afloat on Best Bets. Although, I don't know if you maybe, you might have pushed, I don't know, but uh, you didn't lose. I know that much. Uh, I did. I lost badly. This was, uh, this was an ugly one. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about the baylor michigan state game uh here in a moment we'll have plenty of time because we're we're talking baylor today uh as one of our games but uh you know i i was due some regression i think i think it was like a, a seven and one start it i i was not going to hit um 80 for the entire season I, i'm pretty sure it just wasn't gonna happen so uh, i'll be coming back down to earth now uh Anyhow, Griffin, how are you, my friend? Uh, You know, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm glad this is not an
1: NFL podcast because I think I would be crying for uh, as long as the recording will last. But um, good thing this is college basketball and that uh, I feel like I have much more of a clue in this sport. Glad to uh, get a W. And, uh, you know, I don't think I could have lost every single best bet on this podcast for the whole season. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting somewhere closer to my pregame record, which I think is still above 65 percent. so uh shooting for that i uh
0: i i I felt bad the last couple weeks that i've had very good nfl days and then when we get together on sunday night you're like oh it just (laughs) sucked and i was like oh today
1: was the worst i had a pretty good
0: nfl day but sometimes it'd be like that um all right let's get into this week's games overall like the the card for the week is not great but it's decent at the top we got a couple good matchups some good neutral court matchups uh so of our four games that we're going to look at there's only one with a true home team um arizona pretty close they're like down the road but again we're playing on their uh their home court uh only one team this week and we'll start with them and they were the team that that you had your best bet on uh over the weekend memphis and we're going to make them minus two hosting virginia and we know that the home court is a huge factor for Memphis. Uh, my biggest concern for them coming into the season was that maybe they'd be even more turnover-prone without Kendrick Davis, but they've maintained basically the, the same mark as last season. And my, my worry with Quinerly is that he doesn't always seem like he has a plan and just kind of creates the flow as he goes, which I, I, I think Penny kind of encourages that in a way, but I also don't know if that's the best idea against a team that's as as disciplined defensively as uva is the problem for virginia is this is probably the least talented team that bennett's had in like since well before they won their title certainly um, reese beekman is legit but everything else feels very hit or miss i, I mean there, there's obviously an undeniable edge on the sidelines for virginia but the athleticism, the the home court, that's enough to keep me away from Bennett's boys. I, I lean to Memphis here, uh, but I know you follow this team pretty closely. I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, uh, I see no reason to get off the Memphis choo-choo train. Uh, unfortunately, fortunately, I'm actually pretty happy that the market has not liked them this year. I still can't explain why they haven't, but uh, maybe it's previous disappointments. I mean, they literally had FAU beaten in the NCAA tournament last year, and they could have been un- on that run to the final four, maybe. I mean, a lot to say, of course, after a first round uh, loss and then seeing how far that would go. But I think Memphis have only strengthened a team uh, that quarterly you, you mentioned is all over the place and is really scary for um, I think when he's in a point guard matchup with a really talented opponent, but uh, don't see a lot from Virginia. Don't see a lot of athleticism there. And honestly, I don't know how anyone can stay in front of early at this point. He's not a great three point shooter, and that'll always hold him back, I think, in draft stock. That's probably why he's still at the college level five years later after going to Villanova, Alabama, and probably 10 other stops that I'm not even thinking of. Uh, but Memphis to me is, is they're basically a team that is very talented and has a lot of depth. And not many teams, especially in a portal world, which I think actually makes Memphis more talented, or it makes their talent shine through a little bit more, because most of these teams are so good because they played together for a while. But then enter COVID and the transfer portal and all this sort of stuff. Now this two-time transfer rule, what, um, whatever. Uh, I guess it's it's some sort of court battle type stuff, like everything is in flux. And so I think it's really about who is more talented and who has 10 guys that are talented versus who has seven in a rotation, because ultimately you can use a lot more athleticism, uh, energy, all those sort of things. And, uh, speaking of energy, the Memphis, uh, stadium, it's going to be rock FedEx forum is always a good spot. Tough place to go. Uh, if I can get Memphis three or less, I'm playing them at home. I, I, Probably against everyone on their schedule this entire season, including a, a
0: home game against FAU. All right. So sounds like we uh, we have some agreement there. And I, like, I think it, I mean, it's probably the same for you as we've talked off air. It's probably a combo of of liking Memphis a little more than the market seems to and not being big on this Virginia team. Uh, let's go to the neutral games. And let's start in Madison Square Garden, where Baylor and Duke are going to be. And here we are talking about Baylor, who was an absolute dud of a uh, best bet for me over the weekend. Part of it was Sparty just couldn't miss from three early on in the game. But the more concerning thing for me was they got handled on the boards by Michigan State and they had 21 turnovers including 12 between Ray J Dennis and Jaden Nunn. And I mean, I, I texted you, you were, you were watching it uh, in delay. And I was like, it, it's over after 10 minutes, like it, it, the 10 minute mark in the game was, was just done taking care of the balls. Kind of, it's like the bugaboo for this Baylor team. Fortunately, in this instance, Duke isn't a team that really turns you over. Um, I do worry a little. I, I like this, this freshman big for Baylor Missy, but, it, he's he's been awesome so far, but I mean Filipowski's a, a big concern. Like that's that seems like a big step up. Although I guess he did handle Broom in the in the f- opening game of the year against uh, Auburn, uh, but it's just a different kind of it's a different kind of player. Uh, obviously, um, I know I said this last week, and it's maybe I'm a fool for saying it again, but I, I trust Drew more than I trust uh, uh, John Shire certainly. And Duke has been vulnerable. Outside of Cameron, like they they lost to Arizona, they, then they beat a bunch of they beat a bad Michigan State team early in the year on a neutral, and then they lost clean at Arkansas and Georgia Tech. I I think the home court matters a lot to that team, and so even on a neutral, I I don't it's not a road game, but I I, I don't think there's uh this team is is nearly as good away from home. So I'm gonna take what I think is the better team as a dog coming off an embarrassing loss and it m- I might be dumb for, for backing him again, but I, I like Baylor plus two here is what we're going to make the line. Yeah. Uh, I would think at MSG, there's probably,
1: I don't know how many people get out of Waco really in general, but I'm not sure how many are going to be in New York city for this game. Certainly big fans. And uh, if there are some people that had, New York dreams for a long time. Maybe there's, I think a fair amount of Duke grads, a lot of finance jobs. So like there might be a little bit of an impact from uh Duke cam and crazies Cameron North. Maybe I think they've had some pretty good turnouts in New York or in the past. So I, I think you're probably right. Duke is favored here. Um, the big question is how well, it, uh, to me, it seems like everything runs through Filipowski. If you can get him in foul trouble, like I think he happened at Arkansas, or if you can find a way to make him, a little bit less impactful that's the way to beat this team uh and that's your question is i think baylor's front court uh is probably their weakness at this point turnovers were weird this weekend uh J dennis really decent turnover numbers through his entire career uh playing point guard uh, at boise state for a long time and then also at toledo um i feel like that'll get under control and it's Especially weird because Michigan State just plays in a conference of the Big Ten where no one turns anyone over, it seems. Um, so that's even more bizarre. I feel like more unforced turnovers. But that's also one of those things when you start falling behind and people start shooting threes and making threes that you weren't expecting that maybe that changes the game a little bit. Um, I'm forever against Duke and John Shire until he proves that he is anywhere near the coach that Coach Shevsky was before him. Um, I feel like Duke is forever going to be given a lot of respect in the marketplace because I think a lot of people like to bet Duke. There are fans of Duke. There's money that comes in because Duke has been a national prominent program for a long time. Baylor has, to me, been better over the last decade or so um and i think this is a great spot to back them as a potential bounce back as well i know you pretty much just said that but uh i think duke if if they can get their way or have their way on the interior with filipowski that's probably the way that duke wins this game um but i feel like baylor will probably have a pretty good plan and i think will be very motivated after an embarrassing loss so i'm on the baylor side
0: here too all right let's go and Look at Oklahoma and North Carolina. This game is played in Charlotte. I'm conservatively projecting three. Uh, Ken Palm says one. I'm almost certain that a a game in Charlotte, North Carolina is not going to open one uh, against Oklahoma, but I I, I think it'll be somewhere around a possession uh, either way. I'll I'll be honest, Griffin. I love this Oklahoma team. I didn't think I was going to. I've been really impressed with them, and the level of competition hasn't been great. But I mean, beating Iowa by double digits, uh, you know, in their uh, their MTE, and then they beat USC at a time, but like before the wheels fell off of USC, and then you know they they beat they beat the snot out of Providence, albeit that was at home. And then my the last time I won a best bet last weekend was uh, it was against Arkansas and it, like it never felt like it was in doubt they were they were clearly the better team. I, am I being suckered in with this team? I, I know they're very well coached. I think again I'll go back to it coaching matchup here. I, I'll take Porter Moser over Hubert Davis every day. Um, and uh, and sort of in another similar way, I, the concern I have for Oklahoma is. I don't particularly trust their ball handlers to not turn it over, but North Carolina doesn't turn anybody over, and that you know. And on the other side, that it's kind of mitigated the same way because Oklahoma thrives on turnovers, and North Carolina doesn't really turn it over, so it's kind of a strength on strength. But I think I'll take my chances, especially if I get a full possession here. I think I'm gonna like Oklahoma. They they tend to find a way to get easy shots. Um, And I I think that's the, the, the route, uh, to beating this, this North Carolina team. Uh, so I'm, I'm certainly leaning towards the Sooners. What about you? Yeah.
1: Um, not easy for a Texas alum to give a lot of credit to an Oklahoma program, but to be honest for most of the time I sit in a negative type of situation with the Texas basketball team. And I've really honestly backed Oklahoma in Oklahoma, Texas games for a long time. So, um, I followed them pretty closely, and I certainly didn't see a ten and zero start coming. Um, was surprised with the, a a late victory against USC, though they were slight underdogs, I think, and were in that game the whole time. Providence, they crushed them at the beginning. Providence made a big run to get back tied, and then still blew them out, lost, and won by twenty one points. And then, honestly, you mentioned the Arkansas game. The best bet that you put out there that was against the, uh, I think, as the broadcast said, a sixty seven percent Arkansas crowd, which. Um, was I think very impressive and Arkansas might be a team that's just really hard to figure out. But I mean, OU clearly has passed every test so far, all 10 of them. Uh, And what you mentioned with North Carolina, I feel like they're a a team of kind of like a a UT problem in in Texas football until this season is that a lot of times you get to that, uh, you get that big scholarship offer, you get to the big program and, Uh, maybe your desire, your want, your interest in working hard kind of deteriorates because North Carolina seems like a team that are very proud to be wearing the jersey and doesn't really put a ton of work in defensively, as you mentioned. And if they don't turn you over, Um, I'm not really sure what they're doing because they're just relying on Armando Baycott to maybe rebound in the interior. I also see a potential mismatch there. Baycott's trying to play a little bit more perimeter basketball to try to develop some sort of uh, NBA future, I think, but there's a reason he's still in college and John is shooting over 50% from three this year, not taking a lot of them, but I think we'll be able to potentially exploit that matchup and uh, OU, as you mentioned with Porter Moser, he basically got this Oklahoma job from his Loyola Chicago run to the final four because he was really good at getting uh, easy baskets through cuts and he's really got uh, what they said this year essentially he went into the portal and built this team to try to be more athletic because they were too uh, too slow in the past I think it's worked really well they've had some really great three shooting performances so far this season. Uh, I mean, they've got a 75% shooter. I'll take a away. Who I don't think is really a, a three point threat too often, but they've guys that are willing to put it up and and put the ball in the basket. And that's something that you can only really, that's the best thing you can ask for in college basketball these days. Uh, I think my biggest concern is location, the game in Charlotte and seeing that essentially this is a an neutral floor. I think you're uh, right to, to push that number higher than what's kind of expected in the, analytics world. I don't know if they're giving enough. That might be something that we could potentially as, as people that follow the sport closely, a spot to potentially uh, take some advantage against maybe uh, lower impact uh, home environments or neutral court environments that the analytics folks don't really, uh, I I guess, recognize as much, but um, I'm still, I mean, North Carolina's three point shooting woes essentially kept me off them this weekend against Kentucky. So um, I don't really think that there's a play for me in this one.
0: Okay. Let's look at another near home court. Uh, It's Arizona minus seven in Phoenix against Alabama. And I faded. Uh, I ended up playing Creighton over the weekend. And I felt like I was on the right side of that the entire time. And then, I mean, when you're up, when you're laying five and you're up seven with. A minute left. Usually, you're feeling really yeah. good about things. Sure, sure. And it went the wrong way. And uh, Alabama, they they got hot at the right time. There was a couple turnovers, and uh, Alabama ended up covering. And I avoided betting on Arizona, even though boy, once there was a plus by their name, it was it was very tempting uh, for me. But I, I ended up dodging that bullet. And Purdue was just. I mean. I, it, listen, it, it looked like it was going to be a blowout and then Purdue made it a game. So I, it, but I, I think when you when Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith play the way that they played, w- when's this team going to lose? Like we know what Zach Eadie going to do all the time, but if if Lawyer and Braden Smith go nine of 16 from three, you're not beating Purdue. Nobody's going to beat Purdue. Uh, and you know, the depth, you saw the depth kind of hit Arizona a little bit. I thought they were a little tired at the end, you know, playing the, their six, seven guys that they like to play. Um, but for for this Arizona team, I guess the idea of playing Alabama, like so pairing those two up, they're very mirror. Like They both want to play super fast. They both are willing to sacrifice defense for offense. I just think Arizona's better. Like if this were the, the Alabama roster from last year, I I'd say that this, this could be a close game. I think if, if Alabama runs with Arizona, they just get run out of the gym. I I don't see how they, they hang with them here. Uh, Particularly with Arizona coming off their first loss of the season. Uh, They were the number one team. They got and the final score was an eight point win for Purdue, but I mean, it, it felt like a a heartbreaking loss for them. Um I think much like that Baylor coming off the bad loss. I I'd, I would only look to back Arizona here. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure just to to touch
1: on that Creighton game. I'm not sure an 18% three-point performance is going to cover many spreads on the road, especially in a really tough environment uh, right. like Creighton's. And also being outside the number with a minute left. I mean, that's Banana land to me, but you know, uh, it is a fickle sport. Sometimes things don't work out exactly as planned. Uh, and that's why we're out here just trying to hit 55% or 75% or whatever our actual goals are probably just 52.4 to make sure we're making money instead of losing it. But uh, I think for the most part, uh, I'm not really a believer in Alabama. I'm also really curious why they're scheduling these games. Like I, am too. I, I I guess they have something in return coming back with Arizona, probably in Birmingham or something like that next year um, when Alabama is probably going to be better uh, it, to, to me, Alabama, they, they, don't really have the interior to to quiet an Arizona team. And when Arizona is running, um, maybe that's the scenario that, uh, I mean, Torvik, I'm looking at this, they have Arizona winning by two points, which is just another, to me, example of kind of like the UNC game we just talked about, where maybe they're, Uh, underestimating, undervaluing the location of where the game's being played. I I just feel like it's going to be a tough scenario for Alabama coming off a really poor three-point shooting event, plus essentially two road games back-to-back, plus they played a week ago a neutral against Purdue as well. So uh, haven't been home in a while. I think that does take a little bit away of of teams across all sports, especially um, 23 and under. I'm not really sure with COVID years, how old the average age of a college basketball player is today in the year of our Lord, 2023. But um, ultimately, I think this is going to be a really tough shot for uh, for Alabama here. They're also six and four to start the year. So it's been pretty... They're not that good. It's it's been pretty ugly. I mean, they've certainly played a gauntlet of a schedule, which is great for us rather than
0: seeing everyone... But they're losing all the games. (laughs) That's the thing. Like... It, 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 their best win is Oregon, I guess, on, on a neutral. I mean, and in, in, I don't know what Oregon. Oregon's never healthy, so it's hard to know what they are. But like, I, I just don't know. I, I like I see the I see you lose to you. You're right. You're playing good teams, but you lose to all of them. And more often than not, like the the Creighton game was the ex, was the exception to where it was a competitive game. I I don't know. I, I think this team is just overrated. I think there's a lot of priors built into to this. Like the idea that they are still sitting at ninth in Ken Palm it, it, when they started the season 10th and they've gone six and four, like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, So I, I th- I just think this team's a little overvalued. I, I, Brandon Miller's not walking through that door. Uh, Nate Oates is a great, great coach, but he just doesn't have, I don't think he has the dogs this year. So and And if any team can blow you out like like I said, if a team's willing to run with Arizona, there's a good chance that team is going to get blown out and Alabama's shown they are willing to run I mean they ran with creighton they they ran with Purdue um they, they're they want to run they're they encourage it so i i think that this could this could end up being a double digit game yeah the
1: the running with i mean if they make three point shots maybe that's a better scenario and maybe that's their route to victory um don't really see that happening after their performance at creighton certainly with an easier environment but uh still not an easy one and in the half court when they do potentially slow the down i mean they can't run uh, I guess, for 40 minutes down, uh, up and down, up and back. But I don't know how they guard Homer Ball inside. I mean, Nelson's a, a great transfer grab, I feel like. But to use him as like a front line center, I, I feel like doesn't really fit the position and isn't really the best position for him either. I feel like there might have been better options for him, but who knows what Tuscaloosa put out there on the NIL deal, I guess, when the hell went right. down.
0: Yeah, and and the other thing is, I I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm guessing the total comes out around in the mid 170s. um, Just knowing that, like the two teams that are going to be on the floor, which is that's a hard number to to get to. uh, But I I don't think I'd bet the under. Uh, I mean, because like the the that's to me the biggest difference between the Alabama team from last year and this year's Alabama team is Alabama's team last year was elite defensively. And this team is not even good defensively. So I I think that this could be, like I said, I I think this will be a track meet from a pace standpoint, and I don't think Alabama is good enough to get many stops. So I I might look at an over, uh, if anything. All right. Let's get to best bets uh, before we do tell the people how we could save some money at pregame. Sure. Use the promo code KEY20, key 20 K E Y kilo
1: elephant Yankee 20 good for 20% off all listeners. Of this college basketball pod, including a new 2024 all access from your favorite pro, could be me. Uh, I'm doing stuff all over the soccer landscape. Of course, AJ, I'm sure, is giving out UFC stuff. Uh, a lot of people are breaking each other's noses. That's more his style. I like people kicking stuff at other people's faces, I guess, but uh, a ball usually in between. It's good for seven days from the podcast release. Use that promo code K-E-20, KEY20, K E Y 20. And there's a bonus, actually. You get the rest of 2023, the remaining 13 and plus days, or 13 and a half by the time you probably listen to this on Monday morning. But uh, go use the promo code Key20. We get a little bit of credit. Uh, our bosses look at us a little bit more fondly when they see you using the promo code.
2: So Key20, throw it in there, get 20% off. All listeners of this college basketball podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore I've been drinking AG1, because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, And of course,
0: you can find Griffin at the real underscore G Warner on Thank X. you. Yeah, find me at AJ is the real. Uh, so yeah, if you, you want to shoot some basketball questions over our way, I know Griffin is a he's a he's a man of the people. I uh, you know I'm <laughs> not, you. but Griffin is. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. But either way, we appreciate you guys uh, listening to this show. All right, let's get into best bets uh i'll lead us off here griffin i'm gonna go please do go ahead i'm gonna go with chattanooga minus four i'm headed to the socon uh but just try and change things up a little bit get get into the, the stuff where i feel like i'm i'm more comfortable no it's not the sexiest game but that's all right listen Gardner webb on the road is just not something i'm interested in backing like they they don't win games in the top 200 of ken palm on the road they just don't um chattanooga their weakness is that they are a they're a pretty bad defensive team I don't think it matters in this game because Gardner Webb is just dreadful on offense they are 342nd in three-point percentage and two-point percentage that and they're not a good offensive rebounding team so if you can't shoot you can't rebound where do your points come from the, the the bright side of their offense is they don't really turn the ball over. But if if all you're going to do is miss shots, it might as well be a turnover. Uh, there's not t- there's not extra possessions for this Gardner-Webb team is what I'm saying. And Chattanooga can score. They can score from inside. They can score from outside. Uh, they're playing in their building. I think they're going to be able to pull away a bit. Uh, J- it, it, listen, Sam Alexis is not Jake Stevens, but he has been a solid mid-major big. Uh, Honor Huff can score from anywhere. Chattanooga just has a lot of ways to win. And it, Gardner-Webb's already one and six away from home. I don't think this is a spot where they start winning. I'm, I'm going to take an upper tier SoCon team over a middle tier Big South team. I think SoCon's a better conference anyway. Uh, and just laying just outside of three at home. I feel good about that. Chattanooga, the Mocs, going to be my best bet, minus four. Yeah, the mocks, short for moccasins. It's a uh,
1: reference to the Northern Mockingbird, Tennessee State Bird. I was just uh, trying to f- understand a little bit more about the program. Anyway, good teams is there. It, is it,
0: I thought of mo- I thought moccasin is like I,
1: – I thought they were the snakes. Well, uh, me too, but according to the mascot photos I'm looking at, which looks like a weird Creighton Blue Jay with a C on it as well, but it's wearing yellow,
0: wow. uh,
1: apparently it is a – Mockingbird, but uh, I'm just trusting Google. Who knows? They might be fooling me at this point. And it's uh, been a long weekend. I'll put it that way. But two good teams there. Uh, certainly the mocks are very talented. I think Gardner Webb is good too. Um, but when you see a, a short price like this, that's telling me the market thinks that Gardner Webb's got a chance to win this one. I'm not sure that I would. Uh, look away from the home team there either for my best bet I'm gonna go home team as well I feel like that's uh, a running theme hopefully for me moving forward but trying to get a little bit hotter as we go through and to get into this holiday time to break out in conference play and look where we have it uh, Big East play I think is already or this is the beginning of Big East conference tournament play this week um, it used to be a, a New Year's Day thing I thought or New Year's Eve but here we are Uh, and I'm going to go with St. John's, a slight favorite at home to Xavier. I'm hoping three points or less, uh, and that'd probably be the the buy price for me. Maybe four is probably the highest I'd lay. They're hosting Xavier on Wednesday, and I'm just not necessarily a believer in the Xavier talent at this point in the season. Uh, Rick Pitino, I think, is one of the best coaches in basketball. He has not lost a step. It's really all about what he has on his team, on the floor, in front of him. Uh, And I was pretty impressed by St. John's and their tournament games earlier this season uh, in the November Thanksgiving range. And I, I feel like that was really good experience for what should be a better home crowd this year. I think, there's a lot more turnout that will come once the Patino name got announced. And I think there's a lot more of a buzz around the program. Didn't love the loss to Boston college on a neutral, but I think Xavier has taken a bunch more losses themselves. And I just don't see a ton of talent in that Xavier roster at this point, a lot of young or I guess lower major players that have transferred into the program. And it hasn't really clicked yet. And uh, when they're away from home, I'll pay to see them try to go beat St. John's on the road.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, I, and I—I I mean, this is only the second time they've been away from home. Uh, their their one other road game was they they got spanked by Purdue. Uh, so yeah, I anytime you get you get X out on the road, I I feel like you got a good shot at, at beating them there. And I'm with you, man. I think people like when when they're talking about Rick Patino, they act like he's he's somehow washed. I I don't think that's the case at all I I just think he's at he's at St. John's which is a place that we're not used to it's been a while since we've seen good basketball consistently at St. John's I I think he's going to keep bringing it there you're right there's been like the Boston College loss was disappointing I, I the Michigan loss at the beginning of the season especially now like in hindsight it's like how how did that happen um especially especially by that margin but I, I think overall this is a, a good squad, I, and I think is you know as he's there longer and longer, he's going to keep getting more talent in here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like this squad built around uh, Soriano, and I, I think this is a uh, this is a good spot to play them w- with Xavier's first you know road conference game. I, I think you're in a, a good position here.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Patino has lost any sort of his. Um his coaching techniques, his ability, anything like that, he might do less Italian restaurants or TJ Fridays or whatever they're called.
0: All right. That is going to do it, boys and girls. There's probably some ladies listening. Uh, We appreciate you guys. And uh, again, I'm not sure yet what our holiday schedule is going to be. Um, I'm sure we'll do a a show on Thursday, and then uh, we'll we'll figure it out from there. Seems like probably the best way to do it. But uh, enjoy your time if you're taking time with your family or whatever it is, uh, and enjoy the hoops while we have it. Griffin, always a pleasure, my friend, and we will talk to all of you next week.